Greetings, this is Bob Ponderelli, co-host with Mike Sherrick of Into the Gap Radio, which airs Saturday afternoons at 1 o'clock Central on 1590 AM and 95.9 FM Chicago. This is the podcast version of our show where you'll get highlights of our most recent episode. We also do an Into the Gap unfiltered podcast, and I'll have more details about that later in the episode. Okay, let's get started. Here's my co-host, Mike Sherrick. Not much has happened since the last time we talked. Two mass murderers, Jeffrey Epstein, <laughs> suicide. Any other than that, it's been nothing, you know? Like, nothing's going on. <laughs> nothing of any consequence. Move yeah. along. Nothing yeah. to see here. Yeah. So uh, I could only imagine what you're bringing to, today in the documentation. It's a rich environment. I can only imagine. It's a rich I environment. I can imagine. And so, look. And please just, don't let anybody think that, because we're making, we're laughing about two mass murderers and Jeffrey no, I'm not, suicide. We're not laughing actually, about that. Actually, in all honesty, I'm not going to address yeah. the mass murders at all. Yeah. And, and, and I, the, the, there's really, it's hard. I would never be able to find anything funny about that. On the other hand, it's our reactions. I think that yeah. you and I, which that's, is what the show is that's really, really what it's about. Yes. It's, it's about, about how do we operate responsibly inside the, the events that occur around right. us. And just you know? be honest about the interpretations yeah. that we're making or that we tend to make instead of being in denial of them. Correct. Yeah, Correct. like, you know, like a lot of things from, well, whatever. So yeah. let me just jump in here for a mm-hmm. second, if I may. I, I just want to re-presence the show as, as usual, which is that this show is really, uh, it comes from conversations and coaching that led to the, our desire to go public with a lot of stuff that normally would, would, not, would not be in public. Right. Am I right, right about that? Yeah, it would be held in yeah, confidentiality yeah. as well. And, and it's basically the general subject heading is leadership, uh, the whole idea of having learning be a lifelong experience, and critical thinking, and and how we can use critical thinking and responsible leadership to interrupt the current narrative that, that many people are seeing as conflictive, if you will. So I guess that, you know, and, and of course, you know, the beginning of the show, Mike and I are both in the construction architecture field. So there's something called documentation of existing <laughs> conditions. And we that's our way of calling out the news, right? Can I put so one more thing in? Day, absolutely. So underlining to this is really, yeah. you know, and, and this was in the conversations of, of, that Bob and I had is, you know, what we're really looking at is personal agency and freedom. Yeah, I love the agency. That's my and, favorite and, and with, word. with personal freedom... Mm-hmm. You know, to actually achieve freedom yeah. and agency in one's life, mm-hmm. there, there's a tremendous amount of responsibility for that. Right. And and so when we're talking about uh, all these things and, resp- and, and all the stuff that mm-hmm. we're talking about all the time, there's yeah. always a subcontext of, you know, this is about us being responsible for everything that's going on in our lives. And, and maybe not the happening, but our reaction to it. Right. And, and yeah. actually also... Rather than gripe about the news mm-hmm. or necessarily editorialize, which he, which we inevitably do, we admit that. We were <laughs> I just, can't help myself. I'm yeah, sorry. Neither yeah. can I. So, but we, we want to know, like, you know, what it means to be human yeah. inside of our observations. Yeah. And then be responsible for the editorialization. Right, so. exactly. So in that Go in along, that sense, my little friend. <laughs> yeah, so, so look, uh, I was, okay, so in coming up with, like, what to talk about, uh, and you and I discussed this earlier, mm-hmm. Uh, and again, Mike doesn't know what I'm going to talk about. We purposely do this thing where I'll go look up news stuff. But I, I can tell you that, number one, of course, the top of the news is the Epstein situation. Uh, and then one item that was really juicy, I don't know, Mike, if you may not have heard this, you heard about this movie, Hunting Humans, that's coming out? No. Okay, so they made a movie 
mm-hmm. called The Hunted. Mm-hmm. The old name for the movie was Red State, Blue State. No way. And basically, it's liberal elites literally hunting and killing down, killing conservatives. Wow. This is the movie. So raises the whole issue of Hollywood and so forth. But look, I, I got a couple of couple of surprises, really. Mm-hmm. And inside of this this whole, and we're going to do a show. The third item was the World Socialist Forum, which is <laughs> no, video is going social. viral, yeah. viral, yeah, uh, on Twitter and whatnot uh, because of the insanity of it. Oh my god! And so my my first question <laughs> of the day before we go to the news is, yeah. I wrote this down. How can I have others appreciate how upset I can be, particularly being Italian, when I'm suffering occasional constipation? <laughs> in other words, in other words. If I'm constipated and it's making me really uncomfortable and <laughs> oh, you and I are trying to have a meeting, yeah. what's your level of obligation? Because there is some of some kind, according to what I've heard on the World Socialist Forum, if I'm <laughs> constipated and I'm not quite comfortable, what's your obligation? Oh. That's what I want to know. What are you... Uh, how can you be sensitive to my? I, I don't think needs. it's actually my obligation. It becomes the state's obligation. Okay, <laughs> my God, Bob. All right, so all right, so in that vein, a point made, I, man. I'm going to surprise. That is a shot in a score. I have some announcements. Okay. I have some announcements. So we've got we have a new we have two new sponsors to the show. I didn't tell you about. Oh, cool. The first one is the uh, National Association of Stoic Media Sponsors, and these are people who are unencumbered by emotional responses to existing conditions and/or life circumstances. Should I repeat that? Yeah. Yeah. The National Association of Stoic Media Sponsors, and this is a they're committed. They're not having emotional responses to life circumstances. I thought you'd be appreciative of that. And the other one, of course, would be the Evanston Association of Home Digital Watch Repair Enthusiasts. (laughs) And this is a group, it's non-for-profit. And when you start thinking about it, you put two and two together, the whole of Evanston should go non-for-profit. Yes. That's what I'm thinking. The entire community. There's no profit like non-for-profit. Donate 90% of all of its income (laughs) to a pool upon which all others will draw. Anyway. You are on a roll today. Okay. So... So the first news item is this knucklehead person that basically was a former CNN host and told Kellyanne Conway and all of Trump supporters should be killed. Wow. Yeah. Call for violence against them. So that's one item. Wow. Another one is uh, Taco Bell, KFC, Burger King, Dairy Queen, McDonald's and Subway. Mm -hmm. All their uh, water that they use in their processing of their products Mm -hmm. has some pretty heavy metal uh, amount of lead in it. Really? Yes. And uh, so speaking of Italians, you know, there's one theory about the fall of Rome that mm-hmm. was, it was yeah. the lead pipes that so, yeah. made everybody kooky. Yeah. So maybe that could be, you know, adding to some of the so- social wow. stuff going it, on. You know, it's really interesting. I, uh, one of the people I'm very close to work-wise, mm-hmm. uh, her husband was the head of quality for Pepsi. Okay. He's retired for a few years. Uh-huh. That's really interesting. He didn't disappear lately, or no, no, no. He didn't, he's, like, the guy's he, in great shape. He's, nobody hung himself on a no, doorknob no, or anything. No, he just no. He's a good guy. Um, then there's uh, this German defense chief. This is a year old, but it's just too really good. This guy basically said that NATO should be used to go after people who don't believe in a global order. Hmm. I thought that was kind of That's funny. Interesting. Uh, here's another one. Uh, this oh, this is the film that portrays Trump supporters as prey for elitist hunters. Uh, there's currently is it a cartoon? No, no, no. It's not a. Car- <laughs> oh. It's a children's cartoon. Okay. About people chasing wow. your parents. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, my 
parents aren't around. So. Well, that's true. Sorry. Yeah, that's I, not I mean, fine. You know, anyone's parents. Yeah. Um, I just, we had like a whole, I offended you moment thing. No. Not, not really. I'm, I'm kidding. No, it's just. Uh, 40 million people are still in slavery, according to a Reuters article. 40 million people worldwide are still in actual physical slavery. Did you say where? Africa. Mostly in Africa. Really? Yes. Um, another one is, uh, well, the Jeffrey Epstein thing, you know, that, that yeah. the, the Epstein thing. Well, first of all, we're going to do a show on the insanity of the world socialist forum video that's going around because it's actually a case in point on how bad stuff can be. And then here's just some death toll, uh, of communism, which is, uh, what happened after socialism, you know, yeah. 65 million dead in China, 20 million in the <laughs> Soviet Union, 2 million in Cambodia, 2 million in North Korea. 1.7 million in Africa. It just goes on and on. Uh, every country. <laughs> oh, know. this is just really uplifting yeah. news today, so, Bob. Right, right, this right. This is fantastic. So, so, well, I mean, I, I didn't go for individual stories because I just wanted to just brush past them because we never really have time to go as in-depth as I'd like or that we, both of us really would yeah. like. So really, the commitment is, is that we're going to take on some issues at greater depth on a podcast. Mm-hmm. And we'll be talking about the podcast. Yeah, the the other podcast is Into the Gap Unfiltered, right? Which you get to hear me swear a little more. Yeah, yeah. And then which the last, is not difficult. And the last one we did, yeah. by the way, just for those of our audience that might be interested yeah. to look into it, um, was the second was was the why of, the why of the show the, the why of the show yeah. like you know well like what drives our conversations yeah. or what drives our particular point of view yeah. uh, regarding language and you know. Uh, why language is quote-unquote decisive. Yeah. You're listening to Into the Gap, the podcast, where we bring you highlights of our weekly radio show, which airs Saturdays at 1 o'clock Central Time on WCGO AM and FM, Evanston, Chicago. We also recently introduced the Into the Gap Unfiltered podcast, where leadership, lifelong learning, and critical thinking are leveraged in the service of freedom and liberty. Find it, rate it, and subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. The latest episodes of that podcast, and this one too, are available on SoundCloud at Into the Gap Media and on our website, intothegapmedia.com. If you'd like to get in touch with questions, comments, or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities, please email me at bob at intothegapmedia.com. Let's go back to the show now. Here's my partner, Mike Sherrick. We've got a guest, and our guest is uh, really a, a buddy of mine, uh, we met. We just realized we met like one year ago this weekend. As I went into something kicking and screaming, uh, <laughs> and it, it literally changed my life. But I went into the speaker salon, and I met Antoine Ramon, our guest, who's a uh, Universal Swing for the member of the cast of Hamilton, and he's also the the uh, the soldier of love from his his TEDx talk, and he's just a good guy. And I'm just it's just a pleasure to have. It's always great when you have a buddy on. So, welcome Ramon. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. It's way cool. Could, could you please explain Universal Swing for our audience? Yeah. Yes. So uh, in every show, every musical, there mm-hmm. is an ensemble uh, consistent of men and women. Mm-hmm. And so uh, as a Universal Swing, I'm responsible for the entire male ensemble, which happens to be six different men. Oh. And so that means I have to know everything they do on stage, all of their choreography, all of their blocking. I have to know everything they sing wow. and the vocal parts are different for each person. Yeah as well as any props and or set pieces that have to be brought on stage. 
And as a universal swing, I do that for all of the companies for Hamilton, which are currently five U.S. companies, New York, Chicago, wow. San Francisco, and two touring companies. So I can be sent to any one of those five companies as needed to fill in. You're like a fireman. <laughs> yes, literally putting out fires. That, that's pretty cool, man. You know, I, I was thinking when, when I was getting ready this morning and uh, thinking about this, it, doing six different roles has got to give you a different perspective of the show than doing one role, I would think. Absolutely. It does. It allows me to see uh, the show almost in a more whole way than if I were just doing one role. And it's really nice. It's very interesting. Um, And each person, each part brings something different to the whole piece. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For, I, you know, I, I know a lot of people have seen Hamilton, but there might be a few of our listeners who haven't seen it. So because if everyone had seen it, we'd close. You guys would close, exactly, right? <laughs> right. And you guys are going to go for a while. So um, could, you, could you share a little bit about really what it's about? And, and, and not only that, I mean, it's a, it's a social phenomenon. What's the, what's the real intention and the real message behind it? Um, I mean, I think the intention behind the show, well, the show itself is about Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, he is on the $10 bill. What a lot of people might think is that he was a president or something in that matter, but he was not. He was the secretary of treasury and he was an immigrant. He came from an island and he immigrated to the United States after a hurricane decimated his hometown and he lost his father, abandoned his family. He lost his mother to illness. <laughs> uh, and so the people of his town put together money because he was such a great and inspiring and moving writer. Mm -hmm. And they said, okay, we want to give you a future that you will not have here. So we're going to send you to America. Mm. So he made his way to New York. Which island is he from? Do you know? I can't remember. Is it Um, like the BVI down there? Something like that? It might be. I think yes. Yeah. And so he makes his way to New York and he encounters Aaron Burr, who is from a very wealthy family, is in the political system. They have, you know, they're both orphans. They have a lot of Uh, similarities in their upbringings Mm -hmm. and so they become friends because they're both motivated Uh, Hamilton is motivated by the thought that I may not live to see my greatness Mm -hmm. and Aaron Burr is motivated by I come from a lineage that requires greatness Hmm. and so both of those backgrounds propel and compel the two men to be successful but in very different ways uh, and so that ultimately creates a massive rift between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it ends in Hamilton being shot by Aaron Burr, who was yeah. his first, like true, one of his true f- first friends when he moved to America. Oh, and so really it's, cool. uh, but that what's so, what's made it a, a social and a popular phenomenon is that the imagining of it is done by men and women of all races. Mm-hmm. It is a multicultural cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the medium outside of musical theater is also hip hop and rap, which yeah. is used to tell the story. And so it brings it into a very contemporary space, even though we are speaking about American history. Yeah, man. You know what I love about that is um, there's so much conversation today. You know, and, and, you know, for lack of a better word, there's racial and gender, and all, we create all these divides with us, right? And, and what I love about that, you know, when you really get to know somebody, there's not that big a difference. But it's all a matter of, of us choosing to get to know someone that exactly. we would not ordinarily yeah. uh, be associated with. Yeah, I mean, from the outside, like you and I are pretty different on the outside. Absolutely. Right? And on the inside, 
it's bizarre how similar we are. Yeah. Well, you're both pink on the inside. We're both yeah, we're both pink. Yeah, it's true. Not that I want to give away it. more than I really know about Mike, but we're both. Yeah, everybody's pink on the inside. But it, if if Dr. you look at his says. at his TED talk and you look at mine, mm-hmm. the message I, I didn't realize. So I saw your TED talk twice before I did mine, right? And I didn't realize we we're basically saying the same thing. Yeah, I I, I didn't realize that till this week. <laughs> Because <laughs> when you called me, you go, dude, we should we should get together. I'm like, okay, absolutely. And I'm like, oh, I stole everything from you, right? No, 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 no. But I didn't steal all. it from you. But it was, it's that convergence of like thought and different perspectives come to really looking at something from like the truth. And it's actually, I don't know what your experience was, but it's actually like something from beyond me actually was informing where I was looking, as opposed to like my ego and all that, you know. Absolutely. I would yeah. agree. The same yeah. would be for me. Would it be would it be too early to discuss uh Antoine your TED talk and the subject of that TED talk and your soldier soldier of love uh persona uh, so that you created? My TED talk is titled Soldier of Love, My Survivor Journey. Mm-hmm. And it touches uh, briefly on some sexual abuse I experienced as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I speak about that briefly and then i go to you know share how that those experiences really uh formed how i viewed people in general men specifically mm-hmm. yeah and i'm a gay man gay black man mm-hmm. and so in my relationships with men i was always approaching them from a place of fear a place of <laughs> my fear is that you are going to want to have some sort of physical control over me. So I will do what I know to do to manipulate you so that I feel in control of you and the situation. Right. And so over time Mm -hmm. that, well, it was never healthy for me or any of my relationships, but Mm -hmm. over time it really came to destroy a relationship that, was a very good one. They were all good ones that I was in, but Mm -hmm. uh, this particular one, it just destroyed it because I reacted solely from a place of fear Mm -hmm. and I knew that I was, and I had no idea why that was my response. And so Mm -hmm. that got me into therapy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that changed my life. Um, Antoine, what I love so much about your story and, you know, I mean, I get the the impact of it and the, the loss of a relationship, but it's, the thing that I find inspiring is that you actually being responsible for your fear and being responsible for whatever happened in the relationship, not mm-hmm. as a victim, but as like, okay, this isn't working and I got to figure this out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's really, really cool. If, if you don't mind my going there, what was the fallout? Cause I did see your talk and seeing as this was a family member, what was the fallout of that? I mean, it had to be an unbelievable thing to go public with that that way. Well, I kept it secret for a very long time. It occurred when I was about eight, eight years old. Uh-huh. And the first time I told anyone was my mother. And that wasn't until I was in college. So I was probably mm. 19 at the time. Right. Yeah. Um, and we, things had already uh, dissolved between me and that side of my family. Right. Okay. So they weren't, we weren't, you know, having family dinners or anything of that nature by this, by the point I told my mother. Uh, and I did disclose to my father that I had been sexually abused. I would not tell him who, cause he would have killed them. Uh, That's okay. Okay. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I had disclosed to my father that I had been 
uh, sexually abused, but wow. I didn't tell him who. There was also a second incident when I was about 14 mm-hmm. or between the ages of 13 and 15. Yeah. It was someone who was essentially the super to a, a house my mom was renting at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, so, uh, and then that came to be about, uh, you know, my mother had found a videotape that the perpetrator had brought to me and given me sort of as a grooming tool. Oh, wow. And so with her finding the videotape, I didn't know how to lie. So I told her who who had come from, what he had been doing. Um, And at that point, my parents were separated. So as far as the father is concerned, like with family, we were isolated from, you know, that part of the family and haven't really connected all that much. So it was more of kind of how we dealt with it internally. My mother, myself, eventually my two sisters, my father and I separately as well. Yeah, that's uh, that's an intense story, dude. So I'd, I'd love to hear what what the discovery was for you and where, you know, how did you learn to get this really powerful relationship to fear and what that provided for you and how, how that process went about? Well, I'd say growing up, I was very present to fear. Mm-hmm. My mother and father's relationship, what I recall of it mm-hmm. uh, was problematic and tumultuous between the two of them. Yeah. Um, there was love there, but I think just based on their experiences and their histories, they were not always, they themselves, looking at it as an adult, I can see this yeah. now, but as a kid, no idea, but they were operating from fear. Yeah. So I just, mm-hmm. I was around that growing up and I saw that a lot. And then in my own way with the abuse, it seeped more into my being and my own personal life. Yeah, uh, And so in going to therapy, oh, here comes my work half hour announcement. Yeah, that's <laughs> so this okay. This is real time, folks. I know people can experience actually the Hamilton play live live on Facebook. Exactly, right? that's awesome, it's, man. It's it's almost like being like you're on an aircraft carrier and they're letting you know you're gonna something's gonna happen and in the next few minutes you're gonna take off somewhere. You know, <laughs> exactly. Um, Hey, you mentioned something in your Soldier of Love video, which is just amazing. And if anyone wants to check it out, it's on YouTube. It's Soldier of Love and Antoine Ramon. Um, You talked about, I I think you're referring to the election and the response that people around you had when the surprise occurrence of Mr. Trump getting elected president. And could you, could you, would you share a little bit about that? Like, Absolutely. That, that, that seemed to be catalytic. To yeah. What, and what the second on. part to that question was how much of those fears actually materialized, by the way? So two part question, maybe. Mm, so what was, the, what was the initial fear? And then what what was the fallout in, in retrospect? That's a great question. Yeah. So what I was seeing, you know, within my social media group were just people was like, I can't believe this. And mm-hmm. I'm moving to. Canada or the country or all yeah, these yeah. things. And I, being a New York, you know, living in New York, I said, well, if you're right. serious about moving to Canada, let me know where you're living and I might take over your lease. <laughs> Especially <laughs> if you got a cool apartment. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like good space, cheap rent. All yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, for about a day or two myself, I was stunned yeah. by the outcome. I think everybody and, was. Yes, definitely. And so once I you know, was looking at responses on social media, I realized that living in that space is not something that is sustainable for me. Mm-hmm. And so at the time I had been trying to figure out, like I'd just been on Instagram maybe like less than a year easily. And I was trying to decide how to use Instagram, how to use social media, because I was seeing it as a necessary 
as a necessary uh, tool. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I wanted it to be true to who I am as a person to, I just wanted to be, uh, I want, there's a, there's a signature on my email that says I take responsibility for the energy I put into this world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to take responsibility for my energy. Yeah. And so from that, I decided, okay, I do not know how to keep anyone from feeling fear or experiencing pain. But what I know how to do is to offer love. And I do not think that love is a limited resource. It is a renewable resource. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I started using social media. And I said, I will be your soldier of love. I will yeah. post something that is thoughtful, insightful, meaningful, comical. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it might be, you know, just like, you know, just this is something stupid and funny I saw. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to be intentional with anything I put into and onto social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's how really Soldier of Love became a practice. Yeah. Uh, I was reading some journal or some blog entries from about six or so years ago. And the actual seed of Soldier of Love, I write about an outline. I just didn't call it Soldier of Love at the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it just kind of shows how the universe yeah. can work to bring us to who we are, are meant to be and who we want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just what comes to my mind right now uh, is, uh, so Mike and I, before the show, we always attempt to recenter ourselves. Like, you know, the, in other words, get very clear why we're doing the show. What's the purpose? You know, what's our, you know, what what's behind all this? And we try very hard in spite of ourselves to, to not dwell in the judgments, opinions, and evaluations of what we see around us. But just to learn to laugh about it and to also think critically about it. Mm-hmm. And Mike. I'm yeah. Not... I mean, like, in, and I th- I sent you the, the outline every week we have an outline with an intention and there's like key distinctions because this show ultimately is the intention behind it. It's not how it operates, but the intention behind it is always, <laughs> is always to come from. It's the opposite of what we really want. <laughs> it's the do. opposite. Yeah. I got George Costanza here. It's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. um, but, the opposite. but behind it, there's this, this context of coaching. I'm a professional coach. That's how I make my living. It's the value I create in the world. And I think coaching is a really, really powerful tool for helping people see things they don't normally see. And that's yeah. actually the intention of the show is to, have conversations right. that allow people see things they wouldn't, wouldn't normally see. Or look where they would normally not look. Exactly. And look where <laughs> they normally wouldn't look. And to sometimes get startled by the things we say yeah. such that because it's like, holy cow, I never thought of that. You know? Right. And, and, it's, um, and, and this show today is really, is really like the, the way it came together, the magicalness of it um, is, is kind of stunning to me because the original – theme of this show is is the things that keep us apart right and and you talked about it in the beginning we've got all these stupid things that keep us apart and the truth of the matter is that the only thing there is is to step in you know and and ultimately what's behind all of that the gateway from going you know from below the line to above the line is really what you're talking about which is stepping through fear which i refer to as courage or vulnerability you know and and the show, the name of the show came from uh, the uh, uh, London Tube, where it says "Mind the Gap." So the yeah. gap is the space between the platform and the train. Yeah, between it's, stagnation and between and, movement. Right. So we're so we like to think that 
you know, the joy of the show is the three of us right now in an inquiry together yeah. that's being shared with a broader audience simultaneously. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and again, like I said, I, I apologize, but it was Thursday night when I was watching your video, I realized, holy stuff. I almost swore again. <laughs> I, <laughs> we that need a swear drop. It was a cat. It was like a Corey Crawford grabbing the puck out of the midair. <laughs> um, but it was, it was the, uh, how similar our talks were in con- totally in context, mm-hmm. you know? And I was actually like, just, I was moved by who you are and your commitment and moved by your courage, you know? Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. And so could you speak a little bit about, because a lot of people get, don't understand what courage is, mm-hmm. you know, could you speak a little bit about that? Well, for myself, I would say, you know, how I operate courageously is um, I have come to have less, fe- uh, come to know that I am less afraid of truths. Mm-hmm. I can function when you give me your truth. Yeah. Because then I am informed. Yeah. And it also, then I have power. Yes. Mm-hmm. If someone lies to me, then I'm operating off of whatever that lie is. Right. And then when things change, then the floor metaphorically is pulled out from underneath me. Yeah. It, it, but know, what I found so cool about it too, though, when we get to our own truth, when we know who we are, and, and that's the thing, my experience of you is you are very clear on who you are and what you're about. Thank you. And that has been a journey in and of itself. Yeah, absolutely. There was, you know, much time when I thought who I was was based off of my relationship to my family members, yeah. my relationship to my friends, and then circumstances and experiences put me in places where I was just with myself. I was with my thoughts. Yeah. And I was my first line of defense. I was my main resource. And I had to figure out, am I okay being my, my own resource yeah. and my own line of defense? Or am I not? Yeah. And Thankfully, I found out I'm okay with it. Robert, that's one of your big breakthroughs this week is learning that, you know, you got to be good with you. Well, that's, I was just going to, I was just going to say, that's one of the things I pull out of your uh, YouTube video that stuck with me is this whole idea of your relationship with yourself uh, being at the core of your capacity to relate to others. If you're, if you're in a quality relationship (laughs) with yourself, you have a, a greater capacity or one could almost say an authentic capacity yeah. really to, to, to that, engage with others. Yes. And that is truly the heart of that talk and the heart yeah. of soldier of love for me. It's not a matter of looking to an external force being or source. Right. It's mm-hmm. connecting with your internal force being and source right. and having that be your ground, having that be your, your foundation. And then anyone else that comes into your world, they can add to that, but right. they are not, um, they are not the requirement for your sustainment as a human being, as a happy and wholehearted human being. Yeah. Yes. And, and actually I strongly relate to what you were saying about your um, construction of yourself was up until recently or up until this, this point of enlightenment that you had, you had attained uh, your, your interpretation of yourself was m- more about, like almost like a result of all these interactions with whether it's your family or relationships with you that you were in and so forth. Right. Yes. And, 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 uh, I totally relate to that because, uh, you know, I, I grew up being an Italian American, 
And it was like, you know, like you were almost like you were, you were not allowed to be American first. You were supposed to be almost, you know, be Italian first. And then, you know, you could be an American kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not bad and wrong that it was like that for me. You know what I mean? Or for them even. Uh, but, you know, it was like a, a struggle for one's own individuality is in a sense the result of our like kind of detachment or freeing ourselves up yeah. from yeah. Right? the stuff that's outside of us. That was our 15-minute call. (laughs) There you go. The top of Act 1, top of the show. Our conductors, his birthday is today, so they're announcing that today. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. But yes, I completely agree with you, Bob. And 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 that's the commonality of each and every one of us, regardless of Mm -hmm. our ethnic, financial, racial, racial, class, whatever that is. All of us are affected by our families, our environments, our relationships with other people. And more times than not, those things mold our identities. Yeah, and I absolutely, th- and we don't even know that they mold our identity. Yeah. We're not aware that that's happening. Well, yet. that's the that's the point I wanted to make. I think one of the challenges, especially for guys, and you know, being an old white guy, can it speak for those guys? But mm-hmm. I think for all men, is one of our challenges is you know, men as a group, and I don't want to indict them as a whole, but my experience is that men are not as self aware and don't mm-hmm. put the time into really getting to understand themselves, and in that way, don't get actually find out what they need to do to source themselves. And so they can they can get burned out, they can get sick, they can get frustrated, they can get withdrawn. There's a lot of different things that can happen. So I agree. Um, yeah. So Antoine, thanks. We're gonna we're gonna be breaking really soon. But man, I, I'm so thankful that you were here and thank you so much for the work you do. Thank you for the gift of Hamilton. And thanks for your 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 uh, your video uh Soldier of Love. It's uh it's outstanding. And thanks for being my buddy. Oh, it is an absolute pleasure. I'm so glad we met a year ago. And congratulations on having done your first big talk with Speakers Who Dare. Uh, It was so great, which is, you know, why I reached out. It's like, hey, let's figure out how we can help each other and and, and also help other men. Yeah. Because it's, uh, yeah, it's like we start here. We start with ourselves. Then we start with each other. And then it just multiplies from there. So I'm so happy to have made our connection. Yeah. Well, thank you, man. Bob Pontarelli here, and I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. We'll have more Into the Gap episode highlights after a short break. Into the Gap is on a quest for bringing self-knowledge right up against the glass of the great display window of life. We're also on a quest for advertisers to support this podcast, our weekly radio show, and our unfiltered podcast. If you'd like to get more information and inquire about rates, please contact me at bob at into the gap media.com. Ecotech Pest Control is a local family-owned pest control company located in the Chicagoland area. We aim to provide environmentally responsible, effective pest prevention and elimination to our clients, following the principles of integrated pest management. From bedbugs to roaches, from silverfish to rodents, whether residential or commercial, Ecotech Pest Control will get the job done. Visit our website, ecotechpestcontrol.com, for a free estimate or call us at 773-570-0070 to schedule your service appointment today and tell them Into the Gap sent you. This is Into the Gap, the podcast, where we bring you highlights of our radio show, which airs every Saturday at 1 o'clock Central Time on WCGO AM and FM. We also recently introduced the Into the Gap Unfiltered podcast, where we pack the current cultural narrative into a sausage grinder of critical thought and where whatever enters that sacred hog casing gets served up hot and juicy on a platter of freedom and liberty. Find it, rate it, and subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. 
Our latest episodes are also available on SoundCloud at Into the Gap Media and our website, intothegapmedia.com. Okay, back to the show now. Here's Mike. Antoine's still on the thing. There he is. Yeah. Hey. Yep. <laughs> just here hanging out, just listening. That's oh, cool. cool. No, no worries, man. Welcome. Great to have you. Yeah. We, we threw him off and we're still hanging around, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That was a, that was a great conversation. You know, the thing you were you were bringing up, it's, please. Um, it, it, it's about the construction of one's identity, right? Right. And all, all too often in our world, yep. the circumstances of our life are the creators of our identity. And what we were talking about off offline was that really. The thing that we stand for is mm-hmm. that we create our identity, our identity from a commitment. Well, so, right. In other words, okay, keep going because yeah. there's, there's a, I'm going to keep the political side of this. Con- no, be- it's in not other words, poli- reality yeah. is a social construction versus yeah. well, what I'm honoring talking, what I'm objective to, what, what reality I'm in about. some way. Well, you know, Antoine brought up a great point, right? So his friends and the people in his circle were upset mm-hmm. and he couldn't change their fear. Yeah. But he had a commitment that they can live good lives, right? Right. And his way of getting that done was to come from love, and he, he laid it out. Right. So his his commitment informed his way of being and his actions, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Just like my commitment is to create a work that works for everyone, right? Right. And, you know, and so my Creating action, high functionality. Yeah. Workability, right? Workability. So, so my way of operating then mm-hmm. is, you know, I attempt to keep it consistent with that. Right. You know, and it's not about, listen, I, I make jokes all the time of, you know, a big white guy riding a Harley, mm-hmm. but that's not my identity. My identity is a guy who's committed to creating workability in the world. And everything else is actually a consequence of circumstances that are truly beyond your control, which well, is your parents having. Uh, well, me being 6'2 and 260. And, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, being, really, yeah. though. Yeah. I mean. You could have been born in another country. Sure, absolutely. Another planet. Who knows absolutely. whatever that is. But I'm just saying. It's the circumstances, quote unquote, that are that we take control over. Yeah, yeah. In a context of total responsibility, that well, define who we are versus I, the, our declaration that I'm a rabbit today. You know? <laughs> I'm Bob, Bob. Bob the I'm rabbit. Bob, I'm Bobby Bunny. Bob the rabbit. No, <laughs> you're an idiot. You're Bob the idiot. Is what you are. Um, no, it's it's yeah. It's it's our circumstances. We have no control of our circumstances. Just but how we respond to them, right? Do yeah. we choose to be a victim to them, or they do they choose to, you know, kind of shape the direction our next actions are? The right? reason I brought all that up, yeah, and I think you know why, which is that this whole idea of one's identity being a social construction versus oh. one's identity being a result of a powerful choosing yes. of a commitment yes. that may or may not more than likely has nothing to do with our physical body yeah. necessarily. Am I, yeah. isn't that pretty much the idea? And, and, and I think what's so cool about that, when you've got a commitment, like a big commitment, okay, and you're choosing to go down this road, well, guess what's going to happen like the first few steps? There's going to be an obstacle in the way. Well, right? Yeah. And then you, you, you veer off your path and guess what's over on this other side? It's like, oh my God. Like the stuff you've been experiencing in the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is unpredictable. Well, it's actually understanding the dwelling in the unpredictable yeah. that it is what's powerful. Yeah. It's unpredictable, and every day there's like a new thing, and you, you, right. you can't believe what the hell's going on, right? Right. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm talking about. It's like we get so caught up in, it's got to be this way, this way, this way, this way. Nah. Well, I'm. let me even refine it further and attempt to, yeah. to uh, 
like your brother was in the military. Yeah. My son's in the military. Yep. Um, the whole nature of what people in the military do mm-hmm. has basically is necessarily not related to their physical being. Mm-hmm. It's their commitment that comes first before their yeah. physical yeah. being. Exactly. And I use the military as an example only because it's the most extreme example of the principle itself. Mm-hmm. You get where I'm going? Yeah. I mean, they're like you said, a couple of weeks back, you said, yeah, it's one of the few places where is dying is a form of honor yeah versus yeah you know what i'm saying yeah and or they as they say the ultimate sacrifice mm-hmm. is to sacrifice one's life for a commitment yeah right yeah yeah and in daily life in non-military circumstances in business whatever in personal relationships most of the time we're not putting our life on the line per se well it's really interesting you know i don't think you remember but like our second show yeah was geared to the distinction being given being an action by something greater than you. Yep. And that's a very, very difficult distinction for people to get because mm-hmm. it requires the releasing of ego. Okay. It re- requires massive amount of acceptance, right? <laughs> massive amount of acceptance. <laughs> it requires a certain amount of humility. Right. It requires courage. Right. And when I say, yeah, yeah. I want to want to say, acceptance of what is and acceptance of what is not what is not acceptance yeah. of what's so right right yeah that's why i mean we we make jokes about the, the you know the the documentation documentation of existing conditions right but really what it is is what we're doing is we're actually grokking some of the stuff that goes on in the world today mm-hmm. as this is the condition this is what we're operating in this is this right. is the stuff we're stepping on this is the terra firma we're operating in right and and what's the impact of that right mm-hmm. and the the challenge is people People often make, like, you look at all this stuff, If you, especially you go on social media. Mm-hmm. What are people doing? They're responding to circumstance. Well, they're actually reacting to circumstance. Reacting to circumstance, right? Yeah. So it's a circumstance that's dictating the whole narrative. Right. And it's and there's no power in that. No. None. You're mm-hmm. like, if, if, if the circumstance dictates how you're going to go, mm-hmm. we're all destined to be victims. Right. Now- one could say, speaking yeah. of the social media realm and these kind of things, yeah. the news comes across your desk. Rather than rather than respond, uh, rather than react to a news item, where what the show is attempting to do is to have people exercise critical thinking mm-hmm. as a Socratic thinking, Socratic, which yeah. is the art of asking essential questions, where we then question what we're seeing. Yeah, like and and I use go back to the Epstein thing again because actually. The, you know, okay, all of a sudden this guy kills himself, quote unquote. Just yeah. another another suicide of a very interesting person who just so happens to commit suicide. Yeah. Um, you know, we begin to look at these things circumspectively, meaning, mm-hmm. okay, well, wait a minute, is there something beyond that? Vers- yeah. Versus, you know, I can't believe this, you know, and just mm-hmm. ranting about it. Mm-hmm. Well, what if we ask questions about it? Yeah. That's what I'm that's Yeah, what no, I'm that's a, that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. It it's and, and you know, what's so powerful about questions, like real legitimate questions, not agenda-driven questions, right. is when you come from curiosity mm-hmm. and you're asking questions, yes. what you actually have to do is release any agenda. Mm-hmm. And you actually have to, like you, this uncertainty you talk about that you've discovered recently, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to dwell on the uncertain. When you dwell on the uncertain, A, it's weird, mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like the source of creativity. Right. And, and, and your discernment is predicated on the questions you're asking yes. as you go along. Yeah. And I had somebody tell me once that, uh, the word why 
Mm-hmm. The question why is the foundation of accountability. Yeah. So when you ask someone, well, why did you do what you did? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, it's your way. It's, it's, it's really a, a great step in leadership well, because it's, yeah. a leader would ask, why did you do that? And what and, are you going to do about what you did? And what's so cool about why is why informs the context. Correct. Right. And when you understand the context that someone's coming from, mm-hmm. like either the context of fear or the context right. of contribution yeah. or the context of, you know, I got to win mm-hmm. or the context I'm going to beat the crap out of you. Mm-hmm. Right. When you understand the context then it can all fall in place. How many times do people take what's not theirs and yeah. no one calls them to the carpet for it? Yeah. Whereas when someone takes something that's not theirs mm-hmm. and you ask them why they did it, mm-hmm. they don't, under, they don't, they're not going to answer the question. <laughs> well, unless they go, you know, I was really hungry. And or I, or I, I was, I, I was, I was afraid that yeah. if I didn't take it, yeah. uh, I wouldn't be able to get my own. So I took yours. Yeah. All right, bro. We're just it? about done. We got 30 seconds. Yeah. Wow. Antoine, thanks. There's the music. Thank you. Guys, it's been a great show. Please allow us to thank you for listening to this show, as we are only too aware that your support makes it possible. 